Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. We are um, where I work. We're doing leadership training. It's pretty amazing. So it's going good. Um, I've been learning a lot, working full time and working with others. I realized that working by myself, I was had a lot of blind spots. But ah. now working with others, I'm opening up my blind spots. That's awesome. My colleagues are really helping me learn a lot. That's good. That's a good thing. It um, is. I think we get. I was very. I think I didn't realize I was stuck in uh, habits that were not serving me. Okay. And then when you get others to show you those habits, I don't think they did it on purpose. <laughs> but it's when you uh, are with others, then you're going to compare stories. You're going to p- compare behaviors. Yeah, it's been very interesting. That's very great. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I've been traveling a lot. I just yeah. got home late last evening from a flight after working with 200 high schoolers all day yesterday. And so I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. But uh, And I got two more weeks of pretty much training almost every day. And then I have a break, like a two-week break. And I'm really looking forward to it. So, cool. yeah. Cool. I'll still be in the office, but it's at least not like... You know, your facilitation energy is just very different than your <laughs> sit in front of your desk and sit in front of your computer energy. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Well, we wanted to start a quick new tradition. Hopefully, it's not going to take too much time. <laughs> but we want to do a little icebreaker questions. Uh, and today, we're picking from the... Stack the deck cards. Stack the deck cards. And we're just going to answer an icebreaker really quick. All right, Michelle, you pick. Okay. First card out. If you could obtain one characteristic or quality from someone you admire most, what would that be and why? Ooh, that is a really good question. Let's see here. A characteristic hmm, of somebody I really admire. You know, I would say, I don't know if I have one particular person in mind, but one characteristic that I really admire that I wish I could do a little bit better is... (laughs) <laughs> is be a list maker. I'm just not oh, the greatest maker. Okay. list maker. Unless I have crazy amounts of stuff going on, then I write lists because otherwise I will drop the ball and forget things. Yeah. Yeah. But there are times I wish I didn't just have a mental list of things to do that yeah. I actually would take the time to write things down. And um, But Otherwise, yeah, now yeah. I, I just have a very busy brain all the time that it Got just it. never nonstops. So. I was a super lister, but now I've gone to uh, uh, sticky note pads. Ooh. I have four sticky note pads, and I write one thing on a pad at a time. If the four are filled, I cannot add anything to my list oh. until I get rid of one of those four. It's it's gotten me away from making those long lists of pages of things and that's oh, so Oh, so you are a list maker. I am a list maker. Oh, so I'm actually admiring you right well, now. There you go. <laughs> there there you go. go. <laughs> but that's, that's come down to me compartmentalizing my tasks. Okay. So I get things done before I add more things. Okay. Um, mine is Maria Kondo minimizing. Mm. I think that's her name. Maria Kondo. Yep. Getting, letting go of things that have stories, because the stories will always remain, but I don't need to keep all the stuff around. Stuff. 
Yeah, so that would be mine. Okay. Well, that was fun. Awesome. That was fun. So stack the deck cards. Okay. And stack the deck. And they have all kinds of other stuff yep, on there, too. Do. So we'll put all that right. in the show notes. Today we're talking about, I brought a topic to Michelle, and we got very excited because she's <laughs> got this really cool new product I didn't even know about. But it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, going to be. She's in design. It is. But we're going to talk about using consequences during team building mm. activities. Yes. We're going to share a little bit, I think, of our evolution of how we each use the consequences and then I think where we are now yeah. with them and how we how we use them and why. Yeah. What's the purpose behind how we use them? Do you feel like you want to get started? You want yeah. to get rolling? Okay. Absolutely. Go for it. Well, you know, when I first you know started doing team building activity, it was it was on the job training because there wasn't really a, a class or anything like that that I took. It was I showed up at this, you know, I got, I got hired at this job and they're like, all right, we're going to do, you know, team building activities. So literally it was just learning them as I went. And so my two co-facilitators, they had been doing them for a while. And so they're like, okay, well, when this happens, then we get to impose this consequence. You know, and so they were just more of your traditional ones like, oh, now you've lost your voice. There's been this toxic gas that has, you know, seeped out of the ground. And now you no longer have your voice for the next five minutes or for the remainder of the activity. Or they would, you know, lose their eyesight. You know, yeah. now all of a sudden, that was a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden, you either have to put on a blindfold or have to close your eyes. Um, you know, those are the two. I feel like you yeah. take away their sight, you take away yeah. their voice, and those are pretty much the two that, like, that first the first ones, the ones. easiest, the yeah, easiest, yeah, ones. yeah, mm -hmm. easiest. My favorite one was uh, oven mitts. Oh. So you, they could still have the use of their hands, but it was a little clunky. Oh, so they had to put on actual... They had to put on oven, oven mitts. mitts. Okay. So depending on the type of activity, like bullring, for example, working a bullring mm -hmm. string with an oven mitt is a little more clunky, and it mm -hmm. can hit the string wrong, and it can make things happen differently. Right. So things like that, depending on what you're doing, it made a little more uh, consequential behavior towards the activity. Yeah, all those just kind of basic things that we just would throw out there. Right. And I don't know if there was really a particular reason. It was just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It was interesting to, to see. Yeah, and I think bullring, actually, now that we're talking about it, is one of the activities for me that was the easiest to apply different kinds of consequences to because we always used a bullring that had different color strings. So let's say maybe the one there was one person that was just overly dominating with their voice in the activity, then, you know, all of a sudden, oh, randomly, you choose the blue string, you know, and of course, it was the really loud person that was holding on to the blue string, and now the blue string person has lost their voice. So that's one that, you know, you know, as far as making it a lot harder, making it a lot easier, the colored strings work. And then, of course, one uh, consequence that you always, you know, was another easy one is just have them start over, yeah. right? And so, so those are probably the three that I'm sure everybody listening has probably utilized one of those three. Yeah. So, um, and then you had another one on our list, um, the pizza pizza one. I had not heard this one before. It was Little Caesar's disease. <laughs> okay. So, so you, you would, would have, have two, two, say, say, each, each, word, word, twice, twice, when, when, you, you, are, are, communicating, communicating. That would be so annoying. I would just choose to not talk anymore. Yeah, there you go. And most people do. Right? They just stop Little talking. Little Caesars. Pizza, Because they don't want to go through that challenge. Uh, but, if, you know, if you're doing things on purpose, why would you do it? It's 
It's to maybe solve a problem. It's to maybe have a little fun with it. Mm-hmm. it you know, is it realistic? Is it a natural consequence? People, as you and I were evolving in our facilitation career, we read, I remember reading some articles about natural consequences. Mm. How do we make consequences a little more um, purposeful and would make sense? Mm-hmm. So if, if they made a mistake, then the consequence would be a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's we'll talk about as we get into how uh, how I've changed the way I do consequences, and 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 why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know, I still use consequences, I guess you know, often when I'm facilitating. But you know, I think it's it's the right group, and you know, I think it changes with the different types of group sure, sure. groups that I facilitate, kids groups. You know, I might be a little bit more lenient with the consequences, or it might be more severe with the consequences. So, depending on the type of youth group you're working with, you know, for some, if there are a youth group that might be that re- might really push boundaries out in the real world, and then if they start to really push the boundaries in a team activity, then then that I might make those consequences a little bit more severe than I would with a group that was just out there to talk about leadership and to have some fun and things like yeah. that. I might make them a little less severe, if you would. So if you're looking for specific behavior change, like mm-hmm. pushing boundaries, then creating that severe might be, you know, as soon as you make a mistake, you got to start over. Right. And that's a little more, I think probably a little bit more charged or, or, or energy filled mm-hmm. with people who have experiencing making mistakes and what's the consequence. So that's a natural type of consequence. For instance, when you're in school and you're writing a paper and you fail it and you got to redo it, mm-hmm. if you want to be- get a better grade, then you have to go back and do the work over. Right. So that's when you're when you're practicing that in a team building activity, when you make a mistake, this is a bad grade. You know, mm-hmm. we got to start it over, we got to redo it. How, how do we need to redo this as a group? Yeah, and reframing it like that to where it's like, okay, th- I know this is just group juggle or bullring or whatever it is, right? We dropped the ball with, gr- with uh, bullring, so we got to start it over. This is just like, you know, if we just got a bad grade on a test or we failed and we have to start that over. Sometimes having the metaphor or having the this is what it relates back to in the real world can just can help them not they're still not going to like it yeah. but it might be like oh okay i get it you yeah. know and that leads to what we call those natural consequences so think of it this way if they're doing bullring uh, they start out we'll give them the benefit of the doubt in a sense as a teacher we're going to expect that you're working at an A level you want to get an A if that's your goal want to get an A so as a group as a team you got you're starting off with an A and then as they make mistakes you can start going down A minus okay now you're at A minus is that what you want are you okay still keep going mm. then maybe another mistake B plus okay your group you still everybody okay with a B plus or are you still or you want to start over or you, so now we're getting into a little more natural consequences because it's like something they know right and then they start to realize that yeah if I don't do this well, I'm not going to get the grade I want. Mm-hmm. So there's an example. There's yeah. a good example. I love that. That's great. And what do you got? I want, I want to, uh, before we run out of time, because we love to talk, <laughs> tell us about this new thing that you have. Okay. So 
my book that's coming out in a few weeks, the first or second week of August, is now what the publisher is telling us. So we're finally getting closer. Team Building from the Toy Aisle that I co-authored with Matthew Broda and Trevor Dunlap. We are so excited. It's finally coming out. And so this is one of the activities that is going to be in the new book. So it's based on, so of course the premise of Team Building from the Toy Aisle are all games that you could find in a toy aisle reimagined for the team building world. So a game idea that was given to me um, a couple years ago by John Rogers and Mark Soroviak from North Carolina, they said that they were playing the game Curses. Okay, now Curses is a board game. It's a card game of kind of wacky rules that 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 people wacky rules that people can give to other players that are playing with them. So anyone who makes enough slip ups is out of the game and then the last person remaining is is the winner but so the game includes curse cards and challenge cards and players take turns drawing the challenge cards and follow the directions on that card for their turn and then at the end of their turn they draw a curse card and then they give this curse to one other player um, that is around the table with them and some of the curses are just hysterical so like one of them is like all right, one curse might read, like, you're a chicken. Each time you speak, you now have to say, bok, bok, like a chicken, um, clucking, right? So, and now they are stuck with that curse for the whole rest of the game unless someone catches them breaking it. So anytime a player fails to do what the curse says, then he's broken that curse, basically. And so whenever a player breaks the curse by, you know, forgetting to say bok, bok, or something like that, then any of the other players can catch him by ringing a bell that is then positioned in the center of the table and saying, curse breaker. And then when a player breaks three curses, then they are out of the game. Mm. So I we play, So I bought the game, of course, after John and Mark told me about it. I bought it. We, we played it on our family game night. And we it was hysterical. Like, I have the best photos of my children, like, crying, laughing, because it was just, it was just so, so funny. So the game itself, go find it on Amazon or wherever. It is hysterical fun. Okay, so now from toy aisle to team building, right? So each one of our games in the book, then of course we'll t- describe what the original game was, the inspiration game was, and then how do we tweak it from the toy aisle to team building? And so, like as we've been chatting, you know, it's common that the group, you know, bends or breaks the rules, and you know when this happens, often we, the facilitators, are the ones to impose the consequence. Um, and so sometimes, you know, and the participants, of course, they often see the consequences as negative and it can totally impact morale, the team spirit, and just sometimes it can really impact the, the group's ability to even want to finish. Sometimes you're like, ugh, because it just feels so overwhelming and big, right? So, you know, again, we talked about the common consequences are muting and restricting someone's sight or starting over, you know, and those work well and can still be used. However, if you... Uh, now, if we think outside that proverbial box and look at consequences through maybe a different lens. So this is what we did. We took some of the uh, curse cards that they had in the game and started to look at them a little bit differently. Sometimes you can have a positive consequence, right? And so, and as a facilitator, I feel like often we sometimes get looked at as the bad guy, right? For making the group start completely over when in fact it was actually the group's actions or decisions that got them there, right? So I decided to design a thumb ball that I'm gonna call the choice and consequences thumb ball um, that can quote unquote step in or get tossed in as the bearer of bad news or the heavy hand or the rule enforcer basically. So 
when a rule is broken, then you just, uh, you know, they can, someone can call it, you can call it, or whatever. You toss the thumb ball into the group or to whoever broke the rule or whatever. They catch it, they look under their thumb, and whatever is written underneath their thumb is now the new consequence. For them. For them, them. Yeah, right, yeah, it, just for it, that okay. one person. Yeah, cool. So it doesn't cool. necessarily have to be for the whole group. It can be, and some of them are total all group consequences. Some of them are just for that one in particular person. And what I like about this is that it kind of, you can implement choice into this situation. So you can say, okay, you can either start completely over or you can have Someone the choice and consequence. Oh, there you go. Yeah, thumb yeah. ball, right? Yeah. So now you're actually giving them a little bit more ownership over it. Um, and it really can shift the group's attitude because they end up, now they have a choice. Do we want to start over and just have all of our resources? Or do we want can to... Can someone live with a can consequence? Can someone live with the consequence, oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, And sometimes the, the consequences are super funny. So they can, you know, add some comic relief to, you know, kind of a pivotal point, whatnot. So... Um, I see one that says, whenever okay. you speak, bite the end of your tongue right. the whole time. Right. So here are some of them um, that's on here. So I've, I made one. So And this is what... This is a blank thumb ball. Right. The blank thumb ball that... You have available. I do. And then you are just, you're making your prototype. Yes. Basically. And before your real one comes out, then maybe we can, they can pick up a prototype and make their own. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So the blank thumb ball, that's one of the reasons why I, I decided to just make a blank thumb ball because yeah. a lot of people like how soft they are, yeah. me being one of them. So I just use a fine tip Sharpie and wrote them on. So I literally have it in my hand here. So I'm going to toss it up and look at my thumb. All right. So um, if I were to catch this one, I would now for the rest of the activity, speak only through your invisible CB radio. Nice. So, and hopefully the kids know what the CB, CB radio, radio is. Breaker, breaker. <laughs> right? Talk, Whatever, right? Yeah, talk to your walkie-talkie. Um, all right. So you are a sports announcer. And for the next five minutes, um, announce the group's performance. Right? Nice. So you have to be the group announcer. Oh, um, as they're doing the work, doing some... someone's announcing every play-by-play. -play. Right. Oh, Chris Cavern is now taking a glass of, drink a glass of water or nice. something like that. Or, oh, you know, whatever cool. it is, right? That's cool. That would get annoying. Right, it would, but yeah. for the, and so therefore, there's a time limit on that one, yeah, right? Yeah, that's kind of nice. So some of them have time limits. Um, yeah. Here's well, that's, one: that's when thing. the player on your left speaks, tell them good job, <laughs> right? So it could just be, you know, which is not necessarily a negative consequence, but anytime you spoke, Chris, be like, oh, good yeah. job, good job. <laughs> so you can done. be really creative, and I see there's like a free pass too. Yep, Put a couple free passes. Yep. So they, they're also taking that chance of maybe they'll just get a free pass. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, nice. You have an echo. Repeat the last word of everything you say. Say. So it would just be the last. So it's kind the of, word. it's like a, a variation of your a little, little Caesar's, Caesar's disease, yeah, right? Bit, yeah. um, you have the hiccups. Every time you speak, hiccup. <laughs> um, talk like a pirate for the next five minutes. Nice. I like the time oh, limits on there. Right? So, you, so you don't have to do it the whole time. Yep, exactly. That's very cool. So such a great idea to have fun with consequences. Mm -hmm. And some can be uh, of, you know, if you're, if you're, into the natural, figuring out what the a more natural consequence is, you could write your own in there. Um, so that that's really cool. It's a really cool way to make it random, mm -hmm. and yeah. and then it might add a little levity to it. It's so like you yeah. were saying, and the ball becomes cool. the bad guy, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. you coming up with them all the time. It is. Yeah. The ball, and again, it does. It, it adds some total comic relief yeah. when they've just yeah. made a mistake, and then now all of a sudden, you know, Joe has to speak like a pirate right. for the next right. five minutes. 
And that, that to me is still, I think I actually would do something like that. I'd come back to having a little fun with consequences, depending on the group. Mm-hmm. My MO as of late, and I don't think I consciously thought of this transition, but I'm more of the working on, we're, we've been talking in our field about failure and how we're, as a group of people, trying to rally everybody to understand that we can, can we can purposefully plan for failure or if failure happens, how we address that in a group, how we try to look at that as a learning opportunity. Failure is something we can learn from. It's important for our growth, for our development, for understanding problem solving. And I think for the most part, to me, that adds a little bit of that um, more powerful on purpose learning where if they fail, then they start over. Um, that would be an extreme. They fail once, they fail to follow a rule, we start over. In a less extreme manner, you give them a number of fouls. Uh, recently, been working with some facilitators and we're trying to give them ideas of how to change up their activities as they get better at doing this. And they're still, one of the things they're still doing is asking the group, how many fouls do you want? before you got to start over. Mm. And to me, it's an okay way to present an activity. And it's not always realistic in the real world of, I'm going to school, I'm gonna get a paper. How many times do you get to redo the paper if you get a bad grade? I mean, 26. Mm. It's not not realistic. A teacher's not gonna give you 26 times because a teacher's not gonna want to grade a paper 26 times. Now, can we do more realist? Let's let's rewrite it again. Let's see how it goes. I'll give you another chance to rewrite. They might just get one, you know. So one foul is all they get. Um, thinking about how that becomes a little bit more life lesson ish is okay. Made a mistake. Let's look at the mistake. Let's not repeat the mistake. Mm. I have a little quote, a little magnet quote that says, "Always make new mistakes." Mm. You know, meaning okay, I made that. Let's reflect. And that's what we do, right? right? We reflect on the things that are in our lives working well, not working well, and then we hopefully choose to change the things that aren't working well by setting goals and problem solving, you know, the A, B, C, D, E model, right? And how do we integrate that into this same kind of consequence issue that we have in team building? So that that's where I'm at. Hmm. I look at, okay, you fail, let's do it again. Yeah. Let's analyze, let's fix it, let's restart. And then it really gets them in that mode of it's okay to fail because I'm going to learn from it. Right. And then they do something about it. And then you can practice actually right in the moment of how you would have fixed a problem versus, okay, you made a problem, okay, once, twice, three, 26 times. Mm-hmm. You know, when is the learning happening if nothing happens to those failures? Right. You're not stopping and doing something about it. Hmm. It yeah. kind of reminds me, um, I've been facilitating group juggle a little different than what I used to do it. And so now what I usually do is I first, of course, to establish the pattern, you toss one item through, um, you know, to where everybody receives the item one time and the last person to get it throws it back out to me, the facilitator. And then the next time I did, I'm like, okay, great. You did remember who you threw it to and who threw it to you. And then okay, now we're going to do three items. And so you give them the opportunity to experience what it's like to juggle multiple things things, right? Then after the three items pass through, and based on how many drops they had during just this practice session, I say, I say, okay, now it's up to you. You tell me 
what, how many items do you think you can throw through this system and what is the acceptable number of drops this group will allow? So now it's okay to drop the ball, but unless they set the goal of like no drops, you know, or whatever, right? But what I love about it and how it has changed this activity a lot for me um, is um, A, they're the ones giving you the goal. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them that I won't accept the first item out of the system until the last item they have, the number of items they have selected is out of my hands. So if they chose 12 items, you know, and four drops, then I won't accept the first item out until all 12 items so are into all, the, yeah. until yeah. I've gotten rid of all. Yeah. Yep. So, and it's been, that has been so awesome to see how groups view the that quote-unquote the dropping of the ball which yeah. could be that failure yeah. right you know and some groups play it super safe 12 items 26 drops I'm like ooh, yeah. and that right there gives me so much to process yeah. right I'm like tell me about are we afraid to make a failure or are we um, are we allotting for so many failures yeah. that then there's no um, accountability, no accountability? Yeah. and things like that so we're not, you know, we're not fixing our mistakes. That we're just allowing for any mistake to be made. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's cool. been really fun. It kind of Sweet. reminded me of that. Yeah. When and you that's were a nice. We all know group juggle right. for the most part, and it's a nice way to talk to them about realistic goal setting mm -hmm. and uh, what's the big the the confidence levels of your skills and abilities and how we can get better. How failure is within our group. Are we, you know, can we solve our problems before we get to them? Uh, and and in that, I also am working with that idea of give yourself a number of failures, and are failures a resource or not? Mm -hmm. you know, oh, right. We we want to prevent failure, or is can we use failure? I've got we say uh, we're going to do it with less than less than six drops. So five drops, we'll give ourselves five drops. If we have six, then we're done. Well, are those five things failures? Can you use them? Mm. And can you use them to your advantage in some way? Uh, or are they just prevented at all cost? Mm -hmm. So it's another mental model. It's a natural consequence of how we choose what it's going to take for us to succeed. Nice. And to me, it, you know, I always see the resources, but a lot of groups don't see it that way. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Nice. Well, such a, it was a good, the idea of consequences. How are you using it? We'd love to find out. Send us a question. Yeah around it, send us your ideas about consequences and see what works for you. Let us know what works for you and we can bring that up and we can share that in show notes and let people know what people are doing out there. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So um, I'm really looking forward to learning from you as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.